Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I want to take a second and welcome all of our locations. We are one church in seven locations throughout Tampa Bay. And if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. It is a big deal that you're here. And I just want to say this. If you are shopping around for a church home, you uh, picked a great one to attend today. And can I just tell you, the church shopping is over. You found your home. Welcome to Radiant Church. Welcome. Radiant, make our guests feel super welcome this morning. It's a big deal. We are in the finale of a series we are calling Love, Sex, and Marriage. We're talking all things relationships, and I hope you've loved this series over the last month where we've dove into having healthy relationships. There's no problems like relationship problems, and today we are going to take it to the next level, and so I've already warned you, get your kids out of the auditoriums that you're in, and if they're in, let me just tell you, they're going to get a nice spicy conversation as we dive into part of this this topic. Actually, my seven-year-old told me the other day, she's like, she's like, Daddy, she's like, you talked about um, love, and you talked about marriage. When are you going to talk about that other one? And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a good point. So if you're taking notes, it's a great Sunday to take notes today. You should have got them on your way in. We're going to talk to you today about God's perfect plan for human sexuality. God's perfect plan for human sexuality. You walked into church today for the sex talk. So um, I know that's kind of weird. Some of you are like, oh, the one Sunday I brought a guest. (laughs) Let me tell you, the guest will never forget their Sunday at Radiant Church. And if you think I'm weird or some kind of pervert, just want you to know, this is not something I normally preach about. You're in the one Sunday a year where we're hearing this message, but I think it needs to be talked about because honestly, growing up in the church, the only thing we ever heard about sex was, don't do it. Like, it's dirty. And and I think it did us a disservice to not get God's perspective on sex and sexuality and how we're supposed to do this thing God's way. I remember having my uh, sex talk with my dad. He he sat me down, and it was a five-minute awkward, like neither of us made eye contact with each other, and, and you know, he's, he's sitting there like, hey, do you know about it? I'm like, I already know. He's like, but, 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 but what about, I'm like, just trust me, I, I learned it already. And he's like, well, then let me just tell you about me and your mom. No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know about that. And that was our sex talk. That was it for, for five minutes, and it was over. And, and I think what happens is we just assume that everybody knows what God's plan is for this thing, and what we've done is We've removed our responsibility, and the world has swept in and indoctrinated people. And we have heard over and over and over again, this is the way it's supposed to be. And I'm telling you, I think we've done a terrible job at teaching people what God's plan is for this thing. So we're going to redeem this subject today, and we're going to talk about it. So let me do just mention to the parents in here today, I think you need to have it on your calendar of when you're talking to your kids about this very crucial, which by the way, whatever age you think it's appropriate, you need to go and go, man, it's probably two years before that you actually need to talk to them because they're already hearing it through all the, whatever cartoons they watch, whatever shows they're watching, it's already there. So we have a resource that I think is a great one that Katie and I have used that I think will help a lot of people, especially if you have young kids in your house. And uh, it's this book, they're, they're actually for sale on the way out, not to make any money, we're not making any money off it, just because I know some people want the physical copy like today. So we bought a bunch of them off of Amazon. I think most of them are sold out at all the campuses already, but we have some still available. And then uh, if you want to just buy it direct off of Amazon and get it at your house, 
There's a QR code. I'm not trying to make money off this. I'm trying to help you. And it just basically has seven lessons to introduce your child to biblical sexuality, which, by the way, the, uh, the age for this book that they say it's appropriate to talk to your kids, here's the age limit they give you. Six years old. Six years old. Your kids should start hearing it from you. Here's why parents lean into this, because whoever tells them first defines it for them. So if they're hearing it from the world, or if they're hearing it from a sitcom, or they're hearing it from the internet, that's who's going to define what it is. But I think it's our job as parents and it's our job as the church to say, what is God's perspective on this thing? Let's give it to them first so that they will be able to spot the way the world has corrupted and lied about this thing. And they won't believe what the world has. They'll believe what God has to say about it. Amen? Now, let me just warn you, if you got little kids, um, it's got some pictures in here. <laughs> so, so don't just let them like flip through it on the way home. It'll create very interesting Sunday conversations. Let me say this as we dive into this. Proverbs 14 says there's a way that appears to be right. And this is what our world is bought into. It's a way that appears to be right. Well, this is what everybody's doing. This is what culture says is okay. But let me tell you, the end result, it leads to death. And I want you to know when I see people who are doing this, this area, human sexuality, when they're doing it based on what the world has to say, I've seen the end result and it always leads to destruction. That's why 36% of the internet right now is pornography, 36%. How about this one? One in four Google searches is sexual in nature. One in 10 children will be sexually abused before the age of 18 years old. We got a problem. The number one reason written down for divorce is infidelity in the marriage. Why is it? It's because we have learned the wrong way of how to do sexuality. We do not know how to do it right. We said it many times before, how the banker who deals with counterfeit money, he, he, his solution was not to look at all the counterfeits. And that's not, that's not what we're going to do today. We're not going to look at all the different problems that are out there in human sexuality. What did he say? He says the way to best spot a counterfeit is to deal with the real thing enough. And if you deal with the real thing, you'll know what all the fakes are. So we're going to reveal the real thing. We're going to reveal what God God's plan is for human sexuality, and I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I think you'll take a lot of notes today. So write it down. Number one, I just want you to understand right, right off the bat that sex was designed by God. It was a creation from God. This is not designed by some creepy guys years ago or, or Playboy magazine or culture. No, no. God designed it, and I want you to hear this. Because God designed it, we have to let him define it. So because he designed it, he gets to define it. So we can't say it's whatever we want it to be. We have to go back and go, well, what did God intend it to be? So we're going to look at the very beginning and say, what did God intend sex to be? Since he's the master designer behind it. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go from right from the beginning. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. You are a creation from God. I hope you understand that. And look what it says. He created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. All right. Now, I don't know if you write in your Bible. I do. I write like little notes in my Bible. Let me tell you what that means. Ready? It means have sex. All right. So that was in the Bible right there. It says it, says it like this. And increase the number, and fill the earth and subdue it. And God then saw all that he had made, including sex. 
And look what he said. It was very good. Very good. Very good. Let me just let you understand this. God created sex and said it was good. Now, I thought I would get more amens <laughs> across the church today. Not even my brothers are helping me out today with some amens. All right. Let me, let me just say it this way. Can I push it a little bit more? Not only did God create sex and say it was good. Let me say it this way. God created sex and said it was morally good. Now, that's hard for our culture today because we've learned that, man, it's dirty, it's wrong, it's not appropriate. But God said, no, it's morally good. It is acceptable. It is something you should do. Now, I know somebody wants to leave right now because they're like, woo, this church is awesome. I'm ready to go practice what he's preaching. But don't leave yet because you don't have the full story. You're like, listen, listen, the pastor said it was good. It was morally good. I'm done. There's a lot more notes you got to take today. So let me help you with this because it's good within the parameters of God's perfect plan. So let me give you God's perfect plan so there's no confusion out there of what does God want for our lives. Here's what he wants from the very beginning, and it's right there in your notes. Ready? It starts with two people. Can I help you? It's not a group thing, all right? So this isn't like, hey, you and your friends type deal. I know, like, 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 let's just define it. I'm trying to be very real with everybody today. Two people, two people, all right? And then he starts it from the very beginning and says, it's not just two people, but these two people have, are two different genders, all right? So, and we have to make sure we are clear on this because in these genders, it's male and female. Now, I know this isn't popular today, but I'm not trying to win an award for most popular preacher today. I'm, not, I'm trying to help you know God's word today. And, and listen, the last count that was out there for acceptable genders, this is as of two weeks ago when I did this research, acceptable genders out today was 72. 72. No wonder we're, create, we're, we're raising a world where people are so confused. How do you get to 72? Let me just say this. I didn't have time to mention all this earlier. Um, how do you get there? You leave it to the children to decide what they want to be. And you go, well, you figure it out, kids. And now it's become an issue where you can't even tell your kid, hey, this is, this is who you are. This is who God created you to be. So we have to, we have to re-get our responsibility to own our responsibility. No, it's my job to reinforce identity and who God says we are. So we're born male and female, two genders. And then it's not just two people and two genders and they get together and they're like, woo! Because that's where some of y'all are at. But you missed the next one. Write it down. Number one, it's one marriage. So now, it's, it's now we're, in, we're in a marriage together. We're under the covenant of God. So not just living together and living life together. What's like we're married, you know? It's, it's, she's like my wifey. No, 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 no. Is she your actual wife? <laughs> Drop the Y and like it, make her your wife. Well, well, you know, I just think we've made, we said we love each other. No ringy. No dinghy. You just don't do it. <laughs> Told you it's going to get weirder all day long. All day long. <laughs> someone, someone, that's your only takeaway right there. So, so one marriage. We get married, all right? This is getting weird. All right, now number four. This is going to get really weird. All right, you never thought you would put this in a note at Radiant Church. So it's two people with two genders and one marriage, and number four with lots of sex. All right? Now this is important because some of you guys got married, and you've just, like, given up on that idea. And just want to remind you, this is, this is why God created it. He created it with this beautiful picture. But let me just be very clear with you, and I want people, especially those watching online, to understand this. Listen, listen, do not make sex 
the foundation, make it a pinnacle. Now, because if you make it the, the foundation and you get together and you're, woo, look at all this, and you, you think this is the way the world is supposed to be, then when you actually get married, the marriage doesn't last. Why doesn't the marriage last? Because you made something that was supposed to be a pinnacle, the foundation. You know, let me tell you what a foundation is. It's, it's two people chasing after God. It's proper communication. It's called conflict resolution. So what do you do? You get married and you think the solution for everything is what? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work out too well, does it? And, and, and you're not ever really dealing with real issues. So, so it's, it's, it's two people, two genders, one marriage, lots of sex. And then the last thing is it's producing offspring. By God's grace, it's, it's the idea that there's little ewes running around everywhere. So, and, and this was God's perfect plan from the beginning of time. Like this is what God wanted for humanity. And, and we're not experiencing a lot of this today because it's all broken and it's all messed up. And we try to do it our way. And the problem with this is we look at this list and we go, oh, this is archaic. There's no way that God wants this today. There's no way that God wants this plan for today. And I would sit there and say, for some of you guys, you look at the Old Testament and you go, that's so cool, but that was way back then. We live in 2022. It's just different these days. And I would agree with you because there are a lot of laws in the Old Testament that we don't practice today. So how do we know if this is for today? We know it's for today, hear me out, because Jesus endorsed this plan. Jesus endorsed it. People are all confused. They're going, well, well, you know, what would Jesus think about all these alternative ideas? No, Jesus endorsed biblical marriage, and he endorsed it. Look at Mark chapter 10. I want you to see this. It was because your hearts are hard that Moses wrote the law. So we see all that law in the Old Testament. But then Jesus replied, but at the beginning of creation, God made them what? Male and female. People are all the time going, well, what does Jesus think about all the gender issues out there today? Jesus is very clear. God made them at the beginning, male and female. And he would know because he was there. And it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the two become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but they're one Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So you look at that and you're like, man, that, that, that seems very restrictive. Jesus endorsed it. And it still works today. There's a plan. There's a reason that it works today. I, I was on my phone a couple weeks ago and an article popped up. I love it when, when God's ways prove best even to the world. And so uh, an article popped up. This is Wall Street Journal, and here was a screenshot of the article. It says it this way. Too risky to wed in your 20s? Not if you avoid cohabitating. Look what it says. Research shows that marrying young without ever having lived together with a partner makes for some of the lowest divorce rates. That's a worldly article, and God's up in heaven going, duh, I told you that from the beginning. When are you going to listen to my perspective? I told you this is right. But the problem with it is we look at that list and we go, it's so restrictive. It's so frustrating. I was, uh, went to visit my sister. She was stationed in um, Germany in the military. And so we went there and we went skiing for a couple of days. And so we went to these, these mountains and went skiing. It was beautiful. And that's not skiing, snowboarding for a few days. And so I'm, I'm snowboarding with her. and We're up on top of this mountain. And we go around this thing, and there's this, like, there's this boundary line. But beyond the boundary line was like this amazing powder, like amazing snow, some cool trees and stuff. And I was like, I was like Natalie, we're good enough. Let's, let's go. Like, let's have fun. And so 
I was like, this, this is like where everybody else is at. We want to go over there. These people are trying to keep us from all the fun. So we go and take off. We go in between the trees, in between the boundary lines. And I start snowboarding. And it's like amazing, amazing powder. We're having a good time. And as I'm snowboarding, it's within 30 seconds, all of a sudden, my snowboard hits a stump that it's underneath the snow. I didn't see the stump there. Hits the stump, and I, and I flip over like this. Wipe out. And so the German patrol guy comes over to us, and he's yelling in German. Now, I don't speak German. My sister doesn't speak German. He's yelling in German to us. And while he's yelling in German to us, we're trying to, like, make out. He finally realizes we speak English. We start having this kind of conversation in broken English, and he's basically telling us, you can't be here. I'm like, I know, but we're okay. It was just a little thing. It's not a big deal. No. And he's like, it's not about the stump. And he looks over. He's like, those trees over there, that tree line. Past that tree lines, thousand foot cliff. I didn't realize he wasn't trying to ruin my fun. He was trying to save my life. So let me help somebody today. Your pastor loves you a lot. I'm not trying to ruin your fun. I'm trying to protect your life. And here, here's what I want you to get. Get it. Listen. Put it in your notes because listen, listen. God's God's boundaries for us. My this? Yes. God gives us boundaries, not to punish us, but to protect us. And he wants to protect you. And you, the only way to protect you is to do it his way and his path for your life. Let's get to number two. Number two is that sex is not just physical. It's not just physical. We have this idea where you go, Aaron, who cares? It's just my body. I can do whatever I want with my body. It's just their body. It's just having fun. Who cares? And we have this idea because we think sex is just physical, that it doesn't matter what we do with it. But sex is way more than physical. It's very emotional. It's very mental. And I would say it's, very, it's tied to your spirit. It's tied to who you are. Let's, let me tell you, there, this is why he goes on in Genesis. This is the verse that, that Jesus quotes in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. He says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and, and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. So he shows us, listen, this is more than just some physical action. There's a, there's a consequence to this. And I want you to hear me at all of our campuses. Sex should always bring consequences. Always. There was a group that was raised up in the 60s, and you know who you are, who lived through what's called the sexual revolution. And what they did is they had this idea, and I know my parents were, were some of them, they had this idea that sex doesn't have to have consequences. Just have fun, woo, sleep around with whoever you want. And they lived this way, and the problem with it is they didn't realize that it might not have a consequence on them physically, but it's going to have a consequence on them. And what is the end result? The end result was a lot of pretty screwed up people that came out of the 60s and 70s. No offense to some of y'all. Because why? Because sex always has consequences. In God's context, it brings fun. It brings, you know, connection, babies, releases stress, it bonds you. It has health benefits. It, it brings a relationship to the next level. It has great consequences. But in the world's perspective, when you do it the world's way, what does sex bring? It brings guilt, shame, regret, abuse, manipulation, pain, disease. It's, it's issue after issue after issue. Why? Sex always has consequence. Why? Because it's not just physical. That word united 
in the scriptures was this word. It means to glue together. To glue together. You become part of them and they become part of you. That is why it's not something flippantly that we play around with. Here's the other word. It means inseparable. So when you have sex with somebody, you're giving them not just your time and not just your body. You're giving them a piece of your soul and your very heart. Uh, My friend says it this way. I think it's so crucial. He says there's a sex that fills and a sex that spills. you got to make a decision which one you have. Now let me explain it to you. I think this is a good good little illustration because, because here's why. It's very important you understand. In marriage, sex should always fill. So let me tell you what it means. What it means is this. It's like, so you have sex and you, you, you have sex with your spouse. It's woo, awesome. All right. And, and then what do they do? They, they do. They, they pour back into you. Because this is the relationship. It's the relationship that I'm poured into you and you're poured into me. This is, and this is what is given to us by God. It's called intimacy. When you give yourself to the other person, they know you more than anybody else has known. So then this is why you go to your spouse. You're like, I'm a little thirsty. That's why parents, parents, don't, you, don't, you don't have to be weird around your kids. Just go to your spouse and go, yeah, are you thirsty? I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Let's go to the bedroom. And the kids are like, I didn't even know they had a fridge in the bedroom. <laughs> Mommy and daddy must have a water fountain in there. They're gone all the time. Because <laughs> this, this is intimacy in marriage. Remember, it's, it's not what the marriage is, is, is founded on. It's the pinnacle. It's, it's, it's bringing satisfaction and love to each other. It's, it's a great part of marriage. But what happens in the world is we give, and we think it's just something physical, but we actually give part of us to other people. So then it's, it's oh, man, look at Brian. Oh, man, Brian, we're going to be together forever. It's my first. It's awesome. And you thought, you thought it was just that you gave some of your time and you gave your relationship, but then Brian ends up leaving, and guess what he ends up leaving with? He ends up leaving with part of you. And you, don't, you thought that it would, it would just break off, but it hurts way more because it's not just physical, and you know this. It's why our greatest regrets, our greatest struggles are always sexual in relation. Why? Because it's something deep inside of us. And Brian leaves with part of you, and guess what? When he leaves with part of you, guess what? how he's treating it? He's not treating it with care. He's treating it like. Why? Because, because he's not going to treat it really because it's not his anyway. So he's treating your heart and he's gossiping about you. And why, he got over this so quickly. What is, he, he, why? It's not even a big deal. Because he's taken this thing from you. I would treat him better than this. Well, after all we've been through. Why? Because you don't understand that you're leaving with part of them. And it's a big deal for this thing. And, and, and you have to understand, they're not going to treat what you give them with care when they leave you. And you end up being poured out. So then you go, okay, well, then it's on to the next one. It's, let's, let's, go to, let's go to Fred. I just like Fred. <laughs> I don't know where these names come from. They're very plant city people. So... <laughs> And so, <laughs> there you go. And yet, no offense to all of our friends in the in our church. And, and what do you do? And eventually, Fred leaves. And then, then you go to the next one. And then he's just, and then you go to Derek. Oh, Derek, oh, Derek's so good looking. He's blonde. He's cool. And, and just say it. Because you, you thought that, man, this is going to be something different. And you, you exposed yourself. You got intimate with somebody. And you showed them the great, the deepest, greatest parts of who you are. And eventually they're going to leave with a part of that there. 
Let me just talk to some of you 18-year-old guys. Let me tell you, eventually when that girl leaves, those pictures you sent her that you thought nobody else would see, guess what? Let me tell you what, what I have of him. Let me tell you, you go, well, she would never do that to me. You have no clue who you're with right now. You have no clue. That's why God has a context of a, of a lifelong relationship called marriage for you, for you. Let me tell you, there's a lot of fun you can have after marriage together. Don't do it before because you're pouring your life into something that eventually is going to leave you more and more. And then eventually you're done with Derek and then you're going, well, maybe it's just all these guys are the problem. So let me find Sarah. I told you we're going to get a little real today. Are we okay? Like, because this is what culture is doing. And then it's just issue after issue after issue. And eventually, guess what? You've just gone to a place, and there's some people here today, and I've just got to be real. You're empty. You're empty. And you've poured yourself out, and you just thought it would, and you keep running to another relationship to fill you and to fill you and to fill you, and you find yourself empty. Why? Because you've given yourself out to so many other people. I don't have time to preach about it. I might tonight at 5 p.m. So some of you guys have some people that need to get to 5 p.m. But uh, there's a lady in the, in the New Testament, the book of John, and she is poured herself out, and she's empty, 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 empty. And she gets to a well, and she's thirsty. And she looks at the guy in the well. The guy is Jesus at the well and says, hey, you give me a drink? And Jesus said, hey, it's not what I'm for. You go to your husband. Because guess where you get filled up? You get filled up through your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five of them, and the guy you're sleeping with right now is not your husband. Jesus was harsh. She was empty, and she thought there was no hope for someone who had given herself out so many times. And I just want to encourage somebody in here today, you find yourself so empty and so broken, I want you to know that what she met there at that well was the one who would never abandon her, never leave her. And what Jesus said is, listen, Jesus looked at her and said, you're looking for the wrong type of water. You're looking for the wrong type of fulfillment. What I can give you is everlasting water. It's everlasting fulfillment. So I know, I know you've been empty, but when I come to you, let me tell you, he'll pour back into your life all that the enemy has stolen from you. There's something great on the other side when you give your life to Jesus. He can restore all that's broken. Come on, give a better praise than that today, church. Let me tell you this, write it down your notes. Sex is connected to your soul. It's a big deal. So that is why we make sure we understand that we are very careful. We, we do not play around with this. We, we understand that it's more than it's physical. Number three, and I'm going to move through these next two pretty quick. Number three, sex is broken because of sin. It's broken because of sin. Every problem we face on the earth is the result of sin today. Poverty, sex trafficking, War. We look at all these things and we go, God, why does God allow this stuff? He allows it because it's our choice, because we let sin enter the world. Why? Because we're sinful beings. And the result is that we're all broken, we're all screwed up. Let me prove it to you. You didn't wake up this morning craving celery. <laughs> Nobody does. I don't wake up and it's like, oh, I just need some kale today. I'll feel so much better. Nobody does that. I wake up craving donuts. And they're bad for you. But that's what I want because it's, that just makes me feel good. And you don't go with how you feel. That's why some people have cats as pets because the world's broken. Can we just be honest? It's not normal. It's not God's plan. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right. You got to understand this. Look, look at this. What you're going through. 
the sexual temptations and struggles and perversions, whatever it is that you're dealing with. I understand it's part of a broken world that we're in. Paul says it this way. He says, understand this in the context of sexual sin. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do that. And what I hate, I do it. He goes, for my inner being, I delight in God's law. I want to do it God's way. I really do. I want to have, I want to, two people with two, you know, and two genders, married for life with lots of sex and kids. I want that. But, but, but there's another law that's in my mind that's making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's worked within me. What a wretched man that I am. And some of y'all are walking in with so much shame going, I'm just in a bunch of junk that I shouldn't be in. What a wretched man that I am. Who will save me from this body that's subject to death? And then he responds, but thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to know there's hope for people today that are broken in their sexual sin. I'm telling you, there's hope. And I want you to understand this way, no matter what you're dealing with, that our human sexuality is broken. And the result is not to accept it, but to heal it. And there's a weird world out there today that has just come to a place and go, hey, whatever you're dealing with, pornography or homosexuality or, or you know, incest or whatever you're dealing with, just accept it. It's who you are. And God's solution for us is not to accept brokenness, but to go for healing for this situation, whatever you're dealing with. That's why Paul says it this way, flee from sexual immorality. Don't, don't, don't buddy up with it. Don't, don't partner with it. That's why parents, can I just encourage you one more time? Be very careful with the, with the entertainment of sexual immorality that you let your kids watch in your home. Why? Because whatever we allow in moderation, our kids will do in excess. Always. And you've got to raise a standard. No, in my house, we're going to believe in biblical sexuality, God's solution for our life, God's perfect plan for our life. And we're not going to play games with this. So we're, we're going to flee from sexual immorality. We're not going to make jokes about adultery or pornography or, or, or life, lifestyles that are outside of God's plan. No. All other sins, he says, listen, a person commits are outside of the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Why is God telling us this? Because he understands that the end result of whatever you're dealing with right now is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt everybody else around you. Well, it's in my life. I can do whatever I want. God's trying to save you. He's trying to help you. So what is our solution? What, is, what do we do as a church? What do you do? Have a friend or a family member or a child who is dealing with whatever the sexual issue is in their life. Here's what you do, you do the same thing Jesus would do to them. And here's what Jesus does with people who are dealing with sexual sin. He loves them. And I want you to hear that. If you are, you've been struggling or you're in some lifestyle that, that is against God's standard, I want you to know God loves you. This church loves you. You are always accepted here at Radiant Church. You will always be able to be part of what God's doing at Radiant Church. You, you, listen, because of your pastor, because of your struggle, you should always feel loved by God here. You should get close to them. Don't, don't shun someone in your family that's dealing with some sexual issue. Don't shun them. Don't push them out. Get close to them. It's the kindness of God that they're going to see in your life that's going to bring them freedom, bring them breakthrough. 
Here's the third thing is you're going to present a lot of truth to them. So we're not going to shy away. We're, we're going to be the most accepting church in the world. But we're also going to be the most brutal when it comes to the truth of God's word. Because truth sets people free. You need to know God's, God's plan for your life. And then the last thing, you're going to always pray for them. And pray, pray, pray. You know why? Because you can't change anybody, but God can. You can't change them. God can. You can't change you. God can change you. So this is God's solution for that. And we understand that the world is broken. It's messed up. But this is our solution when it comes to sexual sin. Number four, and we'll close out. I know it's, it's gone a little long today, but I hope this has helped you guys to live in such a way. Because I really want you to experience all that God has for your life. Number four, ready? What sin has broken, the cross is able to repair. I know that so many are in broken, broken lifestyles, broken, broken past, broken, broken just desires and cravings. And you're like, Aaron, if you knew the stuff I was thinking about or stuff I watched, it's broken. It's broken. I want you to know there's hope today. There's hope today. There's hope today because we don't have to do this thing on on our own. This is why Jesus came. He came to change us. He came to to transform us. Paul, who was so brutal, so harsh when it comes to sexual sin, he was calling it out of the church so much. He wrote this in chapter 6, verse 9 of the book of 1 Corinthians. He says, do you not know what wrongdoers will do? Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither will the sexually immoral or idolaters. Like He's like intense. He's like, you guys, y'all are playing around and doing this stuff. You're not going to inherit what God has for your life. Neither, neither will men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then if you ended it right there, you would go, man, that's a lot of us. That's a lot. We're not going to have God's plan. I guess that's just what I have to do. I can't get God's plan for my life. I have never, I've read this verse, this passage, dozens and dozens of times in my 20 years plus following Jesus. I don't think I've ever noticed this next verse until I read it for this study to prepare for this message. And I'll leave y'all with this hope. Ready? He goes in verse 11. And that is what some of you were. What? Did you see it? He didn't say that's who some of you are always going to be. He didn't say, well, that's what you're born with, so that's how you have to stay the rest of your life. He goes, listen, that's what some of you were. I know you went through the affair. That's what you were. I know you were addicted to pornography. That's what you were. I know you had struggles with your identity. That's what you were. This is a were. It's the past. It's behind us. And look at the solution. Because you were washed and sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. It wasn't that you just mustered up enough energy to get over it. No, you had the power of God come in and transform you. And I want to remind someone today, he is still transforming lives and he can transform yours today. I'm almost done. I'm fired up about this topic because one of the greatest tactics of the enemy, write it down your notes, is to get you to confuse your identity with your sexual cravings. And you to go, well, this is just who I am, who I am. Your sexual cravings are not who you are. 
It is not who you are. It's the consequence of a broken, fallen world. So stop identifying yourself by your sexual cravings. Identify yourself with who did God say that I am. I am forgiven. I am whole. I am a new creation. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to go with what God says over what the world says or what I even feel. So what do we do? What do we do when those cravings and those temptations and those desires pop up? which they do to all of us. You do the same thing that you did when you got saved. What did you do? Whoever wants to be my disciple, Jesus said, must deny themselves. It's not about, oh, get all your feeling, all, whatever you want. No, I deny myself. I don't do what I want. I take up my cross daily. So that means tomorrow, if those temptations and those desires come up, I squash and go, no, nope, I've died to myself. I'm going to follow Jesus today, and I'm going to follow him. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life for my sake, then they will save it. So what do we do? We find victory through denying ourselves, to being saying, God, I'm going to crucify it. So our, our perversions, our, our struggles, our temptations are not to be celebrated. They're to be crucified. You go, well, that's not very tolerant, Aaron. And I know the world we're in today. And I'm telling you, we need to be more kind and more loving to a lost and broken world out there today. But if you're looking for tolerance at Radiant Church, you're looking, let me tell you, it's, it's, we're not in this for tolerance. We're in this for God's love and transformation. And can I just say it in the nicest way I could possibly write it? And I worked so hard on this statement and we're going to close. Because God's love gives us something greater than tolerance. It doesn't just accept us as we are. It changes us into something better. And I know some people in here today have gone, man, I've just accepted. This is the way I'm always going to be. I tell you, God accepts you right where you're at. And his desire is to change you into something better and greater than you ever thought was possible. Can we give them some praise today as we close out this message? Amen. You go, well, Aaron, I don't think it's ever going to leave, and it might not. Aaron, it might always feel this way. You might. Aaron, you want me just to suppress this and push this down and die every single day about this issue? Yes, because it's not God's best for your life. And you know what? In reality, when it comes to eternity, you're going to suffer a little while compared to the joy of eternity. That's why Paul says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So I understand. we got to fight it now. We'll celebrate it all in eternity. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Let me pray for you. Right there in your seat, two different groups of people. The first group of people that are here today is you're struggling. You're struggling with sexual sin right now, and you just need to confess it to God. This is a moment where you submit your sin and your struggle and your, your craving and you go, God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you. Come on, let the Holy Spirit work throughout this room. The enemy's been lying to you about your identity. He's been lying to you about who you are. He's been lying to you that you'll always be stuck in this. Today's the day. Nail it to the cross. Say, I give it to you, God. I submit it all to you. Second group of people, you're like that woman at the well. You're, you're empty. You're dry. 
There's, there, you feel like there's no hope. You've come to Jesus today. And Jesus says, no, what you need is not some sexual satisfaction. What you need is to surrender your life to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Your solution starts with your salvation today. And God wants to change you from the inside out. And it's a moment of surrender where we say, God, I give you my life. I lay it down for you. And as I lay it down, I believe God will meet you right there. If that's your, you, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. He's stirring your heart. And he's challenging you. And he's saying, today's your day of salvation. On the count of three, I want you to respond. I want you to throw that hand up and surrender and say, today's my day. I give you my life. I surrender it all to you. And I believe God will meet you right in that seat. One, two, it's your day of salvation. Throw that hand up. Three, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you at all of our campuses. Thank you for those online right now. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud, dear Jesus. Today, I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive me. Change me. And for the rest of my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, can we give it up for all those who made the best decision of their life? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.